0: theme of this show is going to be money. But in order to understand money, you need to understand the realm in which it circulates. And then begin to understand the different kinds of money. And then seek what would be considered righteous in relationship to money. Because money is a big part of everybody's lives. Recently, we've seen in the last few years, we saw the banks were about to fail. Big major banks, international banks, were about to fail. And we heard the phrase, too big to fail. And the reality is they should have failed. They should have been forced to fail because they were actually just ripping people off and by the billions and trillions. And they should have failed and collapsed and they'd gone into bankruptcy, what would have happened was the fractional reserve debt that was on paper only, uh, in the books only, would have been sold to the highest bidders. And the houses that you were paying mortgage on and the businesses you were paying mortgages on, a uh, $400,000 home, its mortgage for $400,000 would have been sold for $0.10 cents on the dollar, $40,000 to the high bidder, and they could have come over to you then and negotiated a new loan and would have had the difference between forty thousand and four hundred thousand dollars and $400,000 to bid and to dicker with. And they could have easily dropped your mortgage payments in half dropped the money you owed in half and still made a fortune. And you would have been tickled because your house at the same time, that $400,000 house, probably dropped in value down to $200,000, 300000 down to one hundred and fifty, dollars $150,000 down to seventy five. And they could have renegotiated your loan at that value because they didn't have that much money in it. And as you paid that money back, they would have had enough for overhead and expenses and they would have made a fortune. And they would have been glad to do it. There would have been money coming out of the woodwork everywhere to bid on those mortgages at 10 cents on the dollar. Sometimes they would even sell them at 5 cents on the dollar. But if they averaged 10 cents on the dollar, the bank would have lost no money. No money, because they didn't loan 100% of the money out. They it's a fractional reserve. Most of what they loaned out never existed. The vast amount that they loaned out never existed. Now, yeah, they'd be out of business. They wouldn't be able to give themselves bonuses. They'd they have to go into some other line of work. <laughs> Maybe they actually get a real job, but that's what would happen. But that's because you don't have a clue what money is. You don't have a clue what the kingdom of God is. You, aren't, you haven't been seeking the kingdom of God because you've been told that you are saved. In the news report just before the show began, we, uh, we heard that uh, lots of people have come to Christ because they've accepted Jesus. Have they? have they? Are they doing what Jesus said? Do they know what Jesus said? Do they know what Jesus preached? Do they know who Jesus is? Or did they just accept the idea of accepting Jesus? And they're not really saved. If if they actually heard, all kinds of people accepted Jesus and thought Jesus was great, and they showed up to listen to Jesus speak, and they showed up and hoped that Jesus would heal them. But when they actually began to find out what he was talking about, the crowds disappeared to the point where he was down to back down to twelve apostles again. Will you also leave me? And they said, Where will we go? But, of course, they actually knew the mysteries of the kingdom because he had been teaching them. Most of what you get today is parables, but you're not even listening to the parables. And as we talked on Blog Talk, which is our warm-up before the show begins, you're not forgiven because you say that you accept Jesus. You just said, Lord, Lord, that's all. You just said you accepted Jesus. Now, did you really accept Jesus? How do we know? You could be a liar. You could be lying to yourself. Most people do. So when you say you accepted Jesus, you got all excited and kind of teary-eyed and felt really emotionally charged up, did you really accept Jesus? Or are you just fooling yourself? Well, we can tell. The Bible tells us how we can tell. Judge them by their fruits. You remember, Jesus says, I... I have come to take the kingdom away from you, talking to the Pharisees who already had the kingdom. The kingdom was already there. It's been there for centuries. It's, it's here now. But he was going to take the kingdom away from those who said they were the kingdom of God. And he was going to give them, give the kingdom to another that would bear fruit. So if you've accepted Jesus, are you bearing fruit? What is the fruit? Are you setting every man free and returning every man to his possession? Because that's what Moses was doing. That's what the prophecy was that Jesus would do, the Savior would do, return every man to his family and to his possessions. So he would own what he owned. He would again have dominion upon the earth, and he would be able to keep that dominion. He would have the right to the milk and honey of his own dominion, his own labor, the sweat of his own brow. He would live by the sweat of his brow. He wouldn't live by the sweat of other men's brow. He would live by the sweat of his brow. And other men would not live by the sweat of his brow. And as he so chose to give them in free will offerings. This is the most amazing thing about the kingdom of God as Moses led the people to it. Is that they ran the entire government on free will offering. People actually chose to give money to the government, they taxed themselves. 10% of everything they earned went to the Levites. About but only according to his service. No service, no pay this week. You didn't do anything. I'm not giving you anything. I, I promised to straighten up. I promised to do the job. I'm sorry. I said I was going to be a contact minister, but then I, I I didn't want to actually be connected to anybody else. But the I just wanted to be on the group so I could see other people come in and join the group, and then I'd get them to pick me. But I wouldn't actually do anything. Well, guess what, folks? No pay. You're not going to get paid by me. Now, how do I pay contact ministers on our network? I hold them up and say, hey, this is a good contact minister. Scott's a good contact minister. Michael Davis is a good contact minister. Uh, Now, I'm in trouble because I'm not going to remember everybody. Uh, Paul's a good contact minister. Uh, but, and then there's a bunch of other ones, and I can't remember all their names. <laughs> I'm bad at names, and I'm on the spot here. But anyway, uh, some of them probably don't wouldn't appreciate me mentioning. Now there are others, and I could name them. This is the way it works. when you're a shepherd, you don't remember the names of all the good sheep. You remember the names of all the troublemakers. That's a, you know. I remember Cora, but the Russians ate Cora. So. <laughs> A Russian guy came and bought Cora. Some of you who know Korra Cora is, Cora was a sheep that was a troublemaker, was constantly gathering small groups of sheep and leading them off separate from all the other sheep. <laughs> and so guess what? She got named Cora. And uh, she's no longer with us. She was consumed by the Russians. Uh, anyway, the point is, is that uh, I'm not going to name the bad <laughs> contact ministers, but the ones who don't do what they say. They don't try to keep people in connected to the rest of the network. That's not good. Now that doesn't mean they're a bad man. They're just not good at being what a contact minister is supposed to be. We call them contact ministers because their job is to keep you in contact. It used to be a thing in the Old Testament called Singers. Well, singers weren't just guys going around singing. They were guys who went around and, like the minstrels in the Middle Ages, they were bringing the news. They were the heralds of the kingdom. And they were sharing the information and and uh, proclamations of the king. Who were the kings? You were the kings. Every man was the king. The singers were going to from this group and hearing what they had to say and they would take it to the next group and they would inform them and this is one of the ways in which they maintained the network that was the kingdom is through these singers these guys who were heralds of every man and every king because they would bring about this information to keep everybody informed to bring the news to them and we can do that now by internet and telephone and letters And we have a few guys traveling around that will come actually to your house and sit down and break bread with you and talk to you. They're missionaries. And we'd like to have a lot more. But we only want to have those who understand the kingdom doing this. And we'd like to support them. But we can't send them out to gather the lost sheep if you don't support us. So you have to decide. But it's all free will over here in the kingdom. If you don't want to contribute to the kingdom, you don't have to. But guess what will happen? Other men will come along. Men who call themselves benefactors, but they only are benefactors if they force you to contribute to their welfare. And what do you have to contribute? Money. All kinds of money. But money is just representing value. Mostly what you're contributing is labor. When you went into the bondage of Egypt, all the gold was in the hands of the pharaohs. Everybody. It wasn't just Israelites who went into the bondage in Egypt. Everybody in Egypt went into bondage, except for who? Except for the church, the priests. What were the priests? What were they doing? Oh, they doing a lot of hocus-pocus and waving their hands and burning incense. And, and wave, you know, no. Priests of society had a function in society of taking care of the needy of society the widows and orphans, the people whose families couldn't support them because they had, you know, broken down or died or whatever. But these people worked all their lives and they contributed to society, but their family structure broke down from death or disease or armies or wars or whatever it was. And they needed, they should be taken care of. And this is what priests of society did. And the reason why this was a job given to the priests of society, because if you do that in your society, your society will be stronger. Your children will be more attentive and more obedient. <clears throat> they will be raised with character and virtue, because that is virtuous, to take care of those people who have contributed to society for years and years and years. And now they need help, by circumstances often beyond their control. And the society should take care of them. But a free society does it by free will offerings. A not-free society does it by compelled offerings. Until John the Baptist, the kingdom of God, was established by force. But John the Baptist said, If you're baptized into the kingdom... By me, then the way it works is that if you see a need and you have a way of fulfilling it, you need to fulfill it by a free will offering. If you have two coats and your neighbor has none, you share. Now, if you were baptized by John the uh, Baptist, that's the way it was. If you were baptized by Herod and he was baptizing people into the kingdom, once you signed up, the scribes gave you a name that had a numerical identifier with it because all Hebrew words have corresponding numbers, and so therefore they knew who you were, Joe Schmo of Kokomo, and you had to pay in. And when you had a need, they would take care of you. And they would take care of you, not with the money that you paid in, with the money that they forced your neighbor to pay in. Because if your neighbor couldn't afford to pay, they would force him to pay. They would fine him. They would penalize him for not paying. And this is why Jesus had a parable about that. About the bad servant who forced the people to pay even when they couldn't pay. Even when he couldn't pay, he didn't pay off. I mean, this is what you did. The bankers couldn't pay. So you have to pay. (laughs) And they're not going to forgive you the debt that is now burdening your backs, because the bankers needed a bailout. You have to pay, and you will pay in inflation, and you will pay in taxes, and you will pay in reduced services, and you will pay, and you will pay, and you will pay because they will take, and they will take, and they will take. And Samuel 8 is fulfilled in your time, because you rejected God. That's right, you rejected God. All those people out there who think they're saved, they reject God in their phony, false, lying acceptance of Jesus, because they're not doing what Jesus said. They're not bearing the fruits of what Jesus said. They're not bearing the fruits of a free society. They're bearing the fruits of a Society in bondage. Shame. Those false savers of humanity. Those preachers you pay to go out there and preach a false, half hearted gospel that leads people back into bondage. And they're they're telling you on the news We've done this great thing. We went to this country and got all these people to accept Jesus. Get ye from me, ye workers of iniquity. Workers of iniquity. They haven't accepted Jesus. They don't even know who Jesus is. Jesus said to forgive. Forgive debt. They're not forgiving debt. They're not doing that. They want their benefits. They want their benefits. They insist upon their benefits. I hope that improves the volume a little bit. Anyway, um, so th- what we're going to talk about? Money. Money is all about debt. Somebody asked me at one of the uh, locations. I think it was in Nebraska or somewhere around there. <laughs> they asked. Them. What about capitalism? I says, well, we haven't had capitalism in this country for. since 1913. We've got deadism. At newswithviews.com and also at hisolychurch.org slash outline, you can find the articles The Crisis Equation, Heal Our Land, The Coercive of Church, Defining Lies. No, not so secure socialism. Article after article, we show you. You're back in Rome. You're back in Egypt. Your churches are preaching the Corbin of the Pharisees that makes the Word of God to non effect, and you're paying them to preach it. Shame. You need to repent and make straight the way of the Lord. You need to find others who are willing to repent and follow the good shepherd of Christ and do what Christ said. Don't say you believe in him and then not do what he says. If you love him, you will keep his commandments. You will forgive debt. You won't send men out with guns and jackboots to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. Christ was not a socialist with a gun. He believed in a socialism based on free will offerings. John the Baptist did. It is so clear. Over and over again you see it. Read the book Thy Kingdom Comes. We give it away for free. You haven't heard the gospel until you heard this radio show. (laughs) You're not hearing about Jesus. Jesus said, forgive that debt. If your servants, if your bureaucrats are not forgiving debt in your name, then you're not forgiving debt. And if you will not forgive, neither will you be forgiven. And you do not have the salvation of Christ because he said... And God said that he died, that ye might be saved, but if you will not forgive, neither will you be forgiven. So you need to start creating a society that forgives debt. You need to get away from money that is nothing but debt. Because that's what you're circulating, is debt notes. And you don't even have control over that debt. And it's an interest-bearing debt. So what am I saying? Stop using Federal Reserve notes? Well, if if you could, you should. But you probably can't. You probably can't survive without them. Should you get out of Egypt? You probably should, but you can't. You'll starve your children. He who does not provide for his family is worse than a heathen. What you need to do is start turning around and making straight the way of the Lord and start coming together in congregations of ten families and start taking care of one another and learning what that means to take care of one another, sacrificing yourselves and love for one another. People say, oh, the sacrifice is done away. with. we don't have to do the sacrifice anymore because Jesus died on the cross. Bull. Bull. You still have to sacrifice because love is sacrifice. And you have to love one another. You have to take care of one another. You have to create a system that does not need the debt notes of Rome. Too big to fail? Was Rome too big to fail? No. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. So you need to start turning around. You need to start seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You need to start finding out what that means, what that looks like, and start doing that. And you need to start doing it now. You need to start calling up everybody you know and saying, let's get together. We see crisis coming, like I point out in the crisis equation. We see the government benefits decreasing. Here's a quote. Uh, let's see. In a report in the New York Times yesterday, which actually two days ago, uh, suggests that the committee, uh, a committee dealing with Social Security and and uh, the deficit and all that, is close to recommending mandatory cuts uh, to Social Security instead of tax increases for the richest one percent. Now, this article was uh, out of. Uh, that was out of deficit panel seeks to defer details on raising taxes in New York Times November 13th I guess it was originally Uh, the article I read was just a couple days ago I was quoting that article and they're going to cut your benefits But they're going to still take from you. They're not going to take more from the richest 1%. And anybody who tries to say, well, we should take from the rich. Well, if it's okay to take from the rich, it's okay to take from you. As you judge, so shall you be judged. Figure it out. Okay, just as 55 million Social Security recipients are uh, about to get their first benefit increase in three Here's Congress is looking at reducing the future raises by adopting a new measure of inflation that also would increase taxes for most families. Those with low incomes would be hit the hardest. Another quote. There's more to that quote. Come back to Keys of the Kingdom. Money.
1: Pledge of Egypt to the King of Kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation, and our heavenly Father, great mercy, justice for all.
2: The Greatest Prophecy, DVD, across the border production. Embrace the little-known but greatest prophecy given by the great high priest. The pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2 because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation. Deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion, because if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Be forewarned. America, in prophecy, exposed for all to see. The mark of the beast. No, it's not a biochip. A much better and more secure technology is already here. And you are already using it. We will bonus you with a free copy of Richard Bennett's DVD, The Inquisition. When you send a support donation of $25 to First Amendment Radio, visit the shopping page at our website or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio. One, three. 9 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, California. 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash. Or 3250 U.S. for international priority mail. That's First Amendment Radio. 139 East Tulare Avenue. Tulare, T U L A R E, California. 93274. A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come. The greatest prophecy. DVD. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Yeah. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth. Will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a
3: donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now
2: listen to me.
0: Welcome back to Keith to the Kingdom. We're talking about money, and we're talking about what is used as money and what money is and what money is not, but we're laying some groundwork. And, of course, when Israel went into bondage, the money ran out. In other words, they had no more gold and silver to buy grain with, and so they sold themselves into bondage. I actually heard a guy in a Bible study just the other day saying that they weren't really in bondage in Egypt that the Israelites were in bondage. Well, if you have to pay 20% of everything you earn, that's bondage. If you have to work without pay, which is what you do, you you don't actually pay in, you work for McDonald's and for 20% of the morning, all the money that you earn for that 20% doesn't go to you. It's going to go to the government. That's bondage. That's where you're at. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's just where you're at. And maybe It's good that you're in bondage. You should be in bondage. You've been slothful, and the slothful should be under tribute. We know that in the Bible. So you should be in bondage. That's what you deserve. If you want to receive something different, you need to repent. You need to turn around. You need to start going another way. You still owe that money. You're in bondage. You have a federal employee identification number, and you're in bondage. Go read Employee Versus Enslaved in the book, Covenants of the God, and you'll understand. That's where you're at. God did not send Moses to deliver people out of such a bondage and tell them in Deuteronomy that if they form a government, they should prohibit their government from ever returning you to the bondage of Egypt again, Deuteronomy seventeen sixteen, and then send Jesus Christ to start a church and say it's okay to be in bondage because that's the church you go to. The church you go to say, it's okay to be in bondage. You should be in bondage. You should be subject to the Pharaoh. You should pay 20% of everything. Matter of fact, let's pay 30% of everything you earn into the Pharaoh. That's what God wants. He wants you to be in bondage to governments because God created governments. That's what they're telling you. That's a lie. For God's sake, that's a lie. And you pay them to lie to you every week? Shame on you. Because they're lying to the guy sitting next to you in the pew. And you're paying them to lie to them. God wants you to be free souls in the kingdom of God. Living by righteousness, not by forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. What should have been for your welfare has become a snare. Because you have coveted your neighbor's goods, you have become merchandise. You have become human resources. You have become human capital. That's the word they use now. You're called capital. go down to Forest Service. They're using that in their documents. They're referring to the people as capital. I mean, for gosh sakes, the Census Bureau is paid by the Department of Agriculture. Figure it out. You're in bondage. Pay your taxes and admit you're in bondage now. Repent and start seeking the kingdom of heaven. And the way to do that is you're going to have to forgive your neighbor the debt he owes you because you've been paying in. In other words, you're going to have to provide for your needs without going to the pharaoh. as a society. And that's not going to be easy because you're still going to have to pay your tally of bricks while you do it. I get guys telling me, oh, I haven't been in that system for 30 years. I haven't paid my tally of bricks for 30 years. Okay, have you been paying into the Corbin of Christ? No, I've been paying in the Corbin of Christ, but I'm not paying into their Corbin either. You know what you are? You're a foolish virgin. You're not a part of their harlot system, but you're not a part of Christ's system either, because you're not paying into that. You're not building the kingdom. You're not striving for the kingdom. You're just not paying your taxes. Shame on you. You're you're lukewarm. You're neither here nor there. At least the people in the system are paying their taxes. They're taking care of the widows and orphans. Yeah, it's forced contributions, and they shouldn't have set up such a system, but at least they're paying. You're not paying. You need to be paying into one system or another, or you're going to be caught between the island and the pirate ship, between the rock and the pirate ship, in shark-infested waters, not a good place to be. You need to repent. And I started with, quote, 55 million Social Security recipients. Well, they're not 55 million people in America over 65. So who are all those people? Well, you know, you can get Social Security if you're a drug addict. You can get Social Security and not be anywhere near 55. I know lots of people 25 years old, strong as an ox, and they're on Social Security professional students on social security. All kinds of people on social security. And a lot of them are on it that I know because they're cheating and they're lying. But you don't have any say so for that because your ministers don't care about that. They actually, shh, shh, don't want to talk about that. <laughs> That's actually what, I've actually seen that. Oh, shh. shh. We don't want to talk about <laughs> corruption. You know how many people go to jail and are abused in jail? That was another thing that was in the news. They talk about jails. It was, it was last week was the anniversary of the first federal prison started in the United States. It actually wasn't a federal prison yet but, because there wasn't a United States yet. It was before the Constitution, but not just shortly before it and that was the first federal prison. The entire prison system is a travesty and an unrighteous system. How many people do you have in jail because they failed to contribute to your welfare? How many? Well, as you judge, so shall ye be judged. You cannot become free until you set others free of the debt they, you claim they owe you. So, get that out of your head. So. Anyway, the quote I didn't finish reading is, if adopted, this new system of uh, measures of inflation to do with uh, future raises in Social Security, if adopted across the government, the inflation measure would have widespread ramification increases in veterans' benefits and pensions for federal workers and military personnel would be smaller and over time, fewer people would qualify for Medicaid, Head Start, food stamps, school lunch programs, home heating assistance than under the current measure. All those things, all those things are supposedly charity by the government? No, that's charity by the men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over another. It is not charity, Head Start, food stamps, food giveaway programs in the government. This is men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. And Jesus said it was not to be that way with you. So you can't be in a system like that and call yourself a Christian unless every day you are striving to get out of that system and contributing to get out of that system. And it won't do you any good to try to get yourself out of that system unless you're trying to get others out of that system equally because it is a requirement in the kingdom that you love your neighbor as yourself. That means you have to work just as hard to get your neighbor out of that system as you are to get yourself out of that system. So anyway, I promised to talk about money, and you think I'm not talking about money, but I am talking about money because I'm talking about you and your human capital. You're a human resource. You're money. <laughs> you're, you're considered a value to somebody. I don't know if you're a value to God. Maybe you're a worker of iniquity. Maybe you've been a worker of iniquity, but now you want to repent. Okay, so what is this repentance thing? How do we repent? How do we get back? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be money. No, no, he didn't say let there be money. He said let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. So that's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to shed some light on your understanding and divide the light from the darkness. Money. What is it? What is the definition of money? Any circulating medium of exchange, including coins, paper money, and demand deposits, including coin paper money and demand deposits. so that doesn't mean that only coins paper money and demand deposit it just means including that you go on to a, a second definition in this particular dictionary is paper money third definition Gold, silver, or other metal in pieces of convenient form stamped by public authority and issued as a medium of exchange and measure of value. We're actually talking coin there when it's stamped by public authority. Any article or substance, we're down in number four now. Any article or substance used as a medium of exchange, measure of wealth, or means of payment as checks on demand, deposits, or cowrie. But we won't go into cowrie. Particular form of denomination of currency. So we use this word medium a number of times. So let's find out what a medium is. Middle state or condition. Medium. Middle state or condition. Something immediate in nature or degree. Intervening substance as air through which a force acts. In other words, it's the medium, like fish in the medium of the sea. They swim in the sea. The element that is the natural habitat of an organism, say, like the fish in the sea. But basically, we're talking, when we're talking about money being a medium, the middle state or condition, something in between, intermediary. So they talk about a circulating medium. It's not what you want. It's what you use to get what you want. And somebody else uses it, too, because they place a value on it. So therefore, you can use it to get something else you want. So you go and buy grain uh, to get grain, and you give the grain guy coin or some medium of exchange. And then he goes, gives that to somebody else. To get wine because he's already got grain, he, did, he needs to get wine so he can have bread and wine. So, you have this thing that's being used as an exchange item, and that's called money. Now, if it's if you actually exchange the grain for the wine, that's called barter, but in reality, if you trade a bunch of stuff to get a bunch of grain knowing that you're going to use that grain to exchange for other things, then is that barter or is the grain now the medium of exchange, you see? So we haven't really defined it much other than the fact that money is used as something for exchange. It can be something of present value, of real value, of imagined value, of uh, legal value such as legal tender legal tender for all debts, public and private. That's what it says on Federal Reserve notes and other notes as well. Uh, and what they're saying is it's a binding offer. Legal meaning binding and tender meaning offer. But not without consequence. Denomination, another word we use often, religious group, usually including many local churches. Well, that's not what we're talking about. One of the grades or degrees in a series of designations of quantity, value, measure, weight. Denomination. So, if we're talking about money as a denomination, it has certain value, uh, and it may be step value. But now we're going to get to another word, coin. A piece of metal stamped and issued by the authority of a government for use as money. A metal disc or piece used as money. Okay, that's another definition. That definition didn't necessarily include stamped by authority. Metal currency as opposed to securities, paper or currency. So the word coin can have a number of different meanings and we know in the Constitution they talk about the power to coin money it should be held by the federal government but the reality is that if we were a government of the people for the people and by the people which we talked about earlier in uh, blog talk that that uh, government of the people for the by the people you should be making the coin of the realm that should not be in the hands of the government and what the Constitution did was take the state's right to coin money and put it in the hands of the federal government. But did the states have an exclusive right to coin money to begin with? No. People talk about, uh, there was actually a recent case where somebody was creating these uh, liberty dollars, I think it was, and they... I, I read the prosecution, uh, attorney because I'm always attending to the weightier matters of law, judgment, and mercy and faith, which Jesus told you to do. So I went and read the case and I read some of the quotes by this person when they were, uh, as a woman, uh, attorney, uh, when they were being questioned by the media. And, uh, they were referring, well, it's always been the right of the federal government to issue notes. Exclusive right of the federal government to issue notes. No, it hasn't. Where did you get that? What school did you go to? Public school? Uh, I can show you thousands. You can go online look up bank notes. Banks have been issuing notes for <laughs> centuries. It hasn't been an exclusive process, a province of the federal government. You can issue a note. I can write you a note right now. You know, I owe you two sheep. Uh sign Gregory and I hand it to you I just gave you a note (laughs) it's worth two sheep. anybody who got that note payable to the bearer on demand I just wrote a note anybody can write a note Uh, is it legal tender well if my word is my bond I guess it is a binding offer but it's not necessarily good down at the county courthouse it's not good at the federal government. You can't pay your taxes with it, <laughs> so it's only good with me because it's my note. And banks used to issue notes like that. I mean, when you write a check, that's a note. You're an agent of the bank, signing a note. So that was that was really amazing that the, this was actually an attorney. I mean, they've actually graduated from high school. <laughs> And they're saying stuff like that. And the media doesn't even question, oh, okay, we'll write that in there. (laughs) You guys are idiots. But anyway, coining often, although it's not exclusively, but you see this phrase stamped by an authority of a government. Well, if you were a government of the people, for the people, and by the people, any silver miner in the country could stamp a piece of silver saying this is a troy ounce that's all you would say though you can't be putting on it that it's a US dollar you can't be putting on it that it's, uh, you know, that it's a government issued thing it's just a piece of metal and you said it's an ounce and you can put your name on there or a seal on there that represents your little business and so that people say oh this is one of theirs and uh and you can put a number on it so that you know that this is coin number 576. And somebody call you up, did you issue a coin 576 that was 1.2 troy ounces? And you look in your book and you say, yeah, I did. And the guy says, well, it's probably yours. Uh, And you can even have a photograph of it and he can hold it up and see if it is (laughs) his. But you just created money. You can create money. There's nothing illegal about creating money. It's only money because people are using it. And if you were government of the people for the people and by the people, the people would be the only ones issuing money. And the states only gave their power to issue money to the federal government. They didn't the people didn't give their power, but the fact is the people have given their power to issue money in other ways when they became US citizens and waived their right to a portion of their labor by getting a federal employee identification number and all these other activities. But you can actually make money yourself. You can make it out of iron coin. I don't know if people would want it much, but I guess you could. There was a guy who actually was drawing currency. He would draw a note and he would say on it that it wasn't a real note, but he would draw it and it would look like real money, you know, it but would, it, would, it was a piece of art. It was just immaculate. And they tried to put him in jail a bunch of... I guess he's actually done some jail time. They held him for trial and stuff. But he is simply reproducing a dollar bill as a picture. He hand draws it right out in front of the store. He goes in and says, I just drew this. Can I use this as money? I want to purchase something in here. (laughs) Can I purchase this thing over here with this... This picture, and the, the guy would be really wise to do it because his he is an excellent drawer, and every bill he's drawn is worth at least twenty bucks, if not a hundred bucks. <laughs> so it would be a good investment. Is better investment, would probably go up in value, <laughs> as your twenty dollar bill from the federal government, stamped by the authorities, is going to go down in value. And, you know, we could talk a great deal about that. I mean, we used to have uh, U.S. notes, and then we had Federal Reserve notes, and now we have a new Federal Reserve note with new seals. Very important. When you see the seals changing, you're seeing major things going on. And all what happened to all the other notes with the other seals on them? Well, they were under a different contract. They were under a different agreement. They were issued under a different authority. The new money is issued in a much different way. And so as those old notes disappear, the new notes take its place, don't have the same value because they're a different contract. A different set of treaties have been made in reference to those bills. And as the old bills disappear, the... the, uh, the obligations of those original trees disappear as well and of course it has nothing to do with you because you're all subject citizens anyway and you can't you know when, and back in the 70s if you were the Sheik of Saudi Arabia you could bring a $20 bill to the Federal Reserve and they'd give you an ounce of gold for it you know you had about had $21 in uh, paper money and they'd give you I think it's $20.76 or something like that but uh and they'd give you an ounce of gold. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Now, a citizen, you'd have to pay over 70 bucks for an ounce of gold back then. Now you have to pay over 1,000 bucks. But you don't need gold and silver in your pocket. (laughs) Because they're going to throw all their gold and silver in the streets. They're going to throw it all in the city is what they're going to do. And they've already done that. That's why you don't have any gold and silver in your pocket. But even if you're a U.S. citizen, you have gold and silver in your pocket, they can come and take that away because your human capital. And everything in your pocket is human capital. Everything you own is human capital because you only have legal title to it. And that's another whole discussion, law versus legal, money versus payment, uh conversion versus reconversion. Those are all chapters of the book, Covenants of the Gods, which you can go read and figure out all this stuff. So anyway, let's look at another definition. Uh, commodity. An article of trade or commerce, especially a product as distinguished from the services themselves. Something of use, advantage, or value, a commodity. So when gold and silver is used as a commodity money, it is not the stamp on the coin that is a value. It's the article itself and that article might be in trade or it might be in commerce. So that's commodity money. And people say, well, gold and silver are commodity money. Well, not if it's coined by a legal authority. How much gold, or let's see, how much silver, how many ounces of silver would it take to buy one ounce of gold? Well, if you go by the stamp on the coin, the U.S. coins today, it would take 50 silver dollars to buy one ounce of gold. If you go by the stamp on the coin back in the days of the, the $20 gold piece, it would take 20 silver dollars to buy that. The mere idea of stamping those values on that was the beginning of your road to college. Tell you about that in a second. My keys the second.
1: You have been listening to the Keys of the Kingdom dot his holy church dot net.
3: If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at libertyradiolive dot com for only forty five dollars a month, and you'll receive an MP three CD weekly of all the First Amendment Rights Media Group programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you can request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $20. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You can do all this online at LibertyRadioLive.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at the First Amendment Rights Media Group. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com.
0: Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. We're talking about money. And I just said that one of the things that uh, got you on the road to bondage was the fact that you allowed your government to stamp a coin that says 20 ounces of silver is worth one ounce of gold. And now it's 50 ounces of silver is worth one ounce of gold. Now, the way a free government would operate is that uh, if... The government, the governmental body, titular or otherwise, uh, creates a coin and it stamps that. That's simply an agreement with that governmental body. It isn't an agreement with the individual. And you can still go out and trade uh, 35 ounces of silver for an ounce of gold and the market sets the price because it's a commodity. But once you have a governmental authority that stamps it and says it's this or that or the other thing, uh, you've got a serious, serious problem because it's no longer commodity money. It's now a coined money by government authority. Uh, anyway, um, I see there's all kinds of activity in the uh, chat room. I actually uploaded it just now. <laughs> Uh, uh, and if you have a direct question, uh, put the word Gregory at the beginning of your statement in the chat room, and I will, uh, and then put a question mark at the end of the sentence and make a nice, simple, straight question, and I'll see if I can't answer your question. But uh, and there's I'll be looking back there. From, uh, is there a question, Paul?
4: There's two of them in there.
0: Okay, I, I, I am not going to be able to go through and yes, find them. So go ahead and tell me what they are,
4: <laughs> Brother Gregory. How do I acquire the names and addresses of the congregations of records to whom I would like to send financial and other contributions?
0: Uh, the, it, are you a part of that congregation of record? Uh, you should know that <laughs> that congregation of record. Uh, you shouldn't be necessarily just. Disc- contributing to random congregations of record Uh, unless you know them that's like buying stock and not knowing the company (laughs) uh, maybe even a little worse because there is no owing you back Uh, you don't know what you're supporting and if I just gave you a list of names that's really not it you're to tie to them according to their service so you need to know those people and you need to find them and the way to find them is to join the living network in your area you should be contributing first in your area uh, and find out who has a congregation of record and go down there and find out if they're worthy of your con- contribution uh, that's you know you should not just be giving to you know I don't want anybody to give to us because we've got a radio program or we got a website you only give to us if you think what we're doing is worthwhile and it's the same way with any congregation of record so Go online, get on org. Evidently, they're already online and they're listening to this show. <laughs> and drop down the menu there, join the local uh, network group that's in your area and say, Where is there a congregation of record? Where are there people that want to create a congregation of record and want to start gathering together in the name of Christ? Because I want to be a part of that. So let's find more people. And if there's anybody real close to you, then. Help us find the other people uh, in your area by getting on bigger and bigger radio shows. Call up your local radio shows and say, Hey, I got a guy who will come on your radio show and he'll talk about the Bible in a way you've never heard before. He'll talk about government and the Bible in a way you've never heard before. And he's uh, got a lot of controversy. And then uh, we'll see if we get on those local radio shows, we'll try to point people to the network and then you can start forming a congregation but that's what you should be doing not giving randomly because some of our congregations of record are not really doing the job (laughs) I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage anybody to contribute to that (laughs) and so anyway uh, is there another question
4: yeah there's another one and I'm curious to how you react to this one being asked of you. But it says, uh, Brother Gregory, from a scriptural point of view, is a fear follower of Yahweh who barters, obligated to file an income tax return.
0: Well, you'd have to know more about that individual person, uh, what he's done, what he's uh, accomplished. Uh, you, You know, when... People have asked government officers, uh, how do you get out of the system? Uh, One reply from fairly high up in the government, I don't know if he had the authority to say this, said simply stop using the number. And personally, uh, you know, I could say, like, I could do that, I suppose, but I can't advise them to do that because I'd have to know the particulars. Stopping using the number may uh, starve your family uh, because you won't be able to get work hardly anywhere. Uh, the, if we look at the Bible, uh, the people in Israel or people in Egypt who were part of Israel, part of that descendant and that family, uh, still paid their tally of bricks while they were in the bondage in Egypt. Moses was there already. Moses was the rightful heir to the throne of Pharaoh, and they wanted to follow Moses. And he said. Uh, He went to the Pharaoh that was there and wanted to get them out, and he had every right to say, let my people go, and the guy should have said legally lawfully, should have said, yeah, you can take your people and go. He's basically saying what Abraham said. You keep the stuff, I'm keeping the people, and we're leaving. And we're not going to depend on your benefits anymore, and what you offer as welfare will no longer be a snare to us because we will take care of ourselves. And they should have left right then but he also had an army and there was a dispute between two claimants of the throne this was a civil war when (laughs) when moses went in there and said let my people go that's a that was a civil war but he wasn't going to take up arms and enforce that he was saying here uh you know let my people go agree that we can go That it was very important that they got the agreement, but it was also important that it talks about God hardening his heart because the people weren't ready to go because they didn't know what it was to be in a free society. If you're just stopping paying taxes, you're not following the ways of Yahweh. Jesus didn't say, stop paying Rome. Stop paying Herod the Great. That isn't what he preached. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, And so that's what you need to be doing. You show me you're doing that, and we'll talk about whether you owe the taxes. But I'd have to look at it as a case-by-case basis, because you may still owe those taxes. You may still be involved in all kinds of things that will make you owe those taxes. I mean, your father sold you into bondage just like the Israelites were sold into bondage because they couldn't take care of themselves. Why couldn't they take care of themselves? Because they had sold their brother into bondage. Their brother would have told them, hey, you guys, we're going to need to stock up. There's this famine coming. But they didn't. he didn't tell them because he wasn't anywhere near within any air shot. They had sold them to somebody else. So he told that guy, hey, yeah, you better stock up. And they stocked up. And then everybody ended up having to come to the guy that Joseph worked for. Had Joseph been at home, Israel would have been the ones who had stocked up, and Egypt would have come to them. <laughs> But because they coveted their neighbor's goods, they themselves, they covered their brother's goods, they themselves went into bondage. So it's not enough to be the foolish virgin and say, I'm not a part of that system anymore. If that's all you're doing, then you're nowhere closer to the kingdom. What you have to do is come together with others and, and and gather in His name and love one another and take care of one another, and create and which is what Israel was learning during the famines and we haven't even started the famines yet, so we got a lot to learn and we're going to have wonderful opportunities to learn to be self-sacrificing, <laughs> and we're going to call it famine and the great destruction <laughs> and trials and tribulations, but that's what we need to be doing so. Do you think that answered
4: the question? Well, I don't see any feedback, but...
0: Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> I'm watching the feed now, and so they have to put the word Gregory at the beginning, or I probably won't read it, because I cannot read and talk at the same time.
4: Well, you can so, you uh, thing up. There's another question to you. Okay. It says, can you explain the verse, Judge not lest you be judged.
0: Oh well, that was interesting. That came up at uh the uh, Bible local Bible study here, Judge not lest ye be judged. Well, you know, there's uh you know you know, I, I used uh, similar quotes uh earlier, you know, forgive so that you may be forgiven. Is that dingy coming across on the phone? Do you yeah, hear we that? Hear it. Okay, there's, well I gotta figure out it. how to turn that volume. <laughs> Just
4: below your name there's a little speaker, you can click on that and the volume goes away.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, I, I think maybe I did it. But uh, uh, judge not seb judged. Well, you know, uh, you people have judged that it was okay to force their neighbor to contribute to their welfare. And so, therefore, it's okay that the government forces them to contribute to their neighbor's welfare. If you judge that it's okay to take away from the rich... To provide for the poor, then it's okay to take away from the medium-income people to uh, to provide for the poor. As ye judge, so shall ye be judged. Uh, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Those are all part of the same concept. So if you think it's okay to send men to your neighbor's house to force them to contribute so that you can have a health clinic, then it's okay to send men to your house to force you to contribute to abortions at the health clinic because you thought it was okay to force people to to establish the kingdom your government by force then it's okay to that you be forced see so that's what they're talking about as you judge so shall ye be judged so judge not lest you but it doesn't mean don't be discerning uh, you know I just saw that question pop up. Oh, I see I have to pan down to see more questions. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, uh, uh, I hope that kind of answers that. You still have to be discerning. Uh, I actually heard about a guy who uh, went to jail for molesting a young girl that was actually a relative of his, and he spent a number of years in jail. And somebody said that uh, uh, he's now received Christ, and he's repented and he's actually um, very good friends with that girl who's now a grown woman and he's going to be out of jail soon and uh, that he's already paid his debt to society. And this is, goes back to this money thing. Uh, he didn't pay a debt to society. All he did was create debt because it's cost twenty five to $30,000 a year to keep him in jail all that time. Uh, he didn't pay for any of the psychological uh, assistance that the girl needed or any of the traumas that she 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 never received anything for all the stuff that he had done to her um, all the pain and ang- anguish that he caused the rest of his family he's never paid them back or maybe any attempt to pay them back I mean he's sorry now and maybe he has repented and maybe he is better but you know if he offers himself as a babysitter he's not babysitting my grandkids I forgive him but you know, I'm not. I'm judging that he's not going to get a job babysitting my grandkids. <laughs> I might give him a job uh, digging ditches, but not with my grandkids. And that's not judging him. That's just being wise and uh, and discerning, and because he hasn't proven himself. And so that's. I uh, I hope that answers some of that. But we can get back on the money issue. I'm going to pop over to my notes, so you can, Paul, you can let me know if there's another question while I'm uh, I'm looking at my notes, because we, we were talking about this commodity idea of gold and silver or beer or whiskey, all being commodities, all having a present value, but if you allow somebody, a government official, to stamp a coin, most people don't know it. When they held up that coin of Caesar's and Jesus said, whose image is on it, he was actually pointing out to the Pharisees that they were using a a coin with a graven image on it. Now, Jesus isn't bound by that graven image interpretation because that's not really what it's all about, but the Pharisees believed we were, but they allowed that coin to circulate in their country, and according to their judgment, their rules, and their interpretation, they shouldn't even have touched that coin ever, but they had to use that coin to pay the taxes. Now, how did that coin come into circulation? Well, the emperor himself coined that money out of his own funds, which were loaned into circulation to build harbors, which made money by collecting fees, and same with roads and marketplaces and some of the uh, coliseums that they built. They collected fees in the use of those things that they built. They were investment. Romans wanted to make money at everything they did. So, when, how did you pay those fees when you came into the harbor? Well, you could do it with trade goods, but if you, you got a better deal if you did it with the actual coin of the realm, because they, they could measure it better. If it was trade goods, they would get, drive a little harder bargain. And so the, that made the coin, the stamped coin of Caesar more valuable, and he got them back because he built the harbor. And when you use the harbor, he got those coins back. So those still were his loaned out in circulation. This is why Federal Reserve notes, they're just loaning out paper. They're not even loaning out coin. And the truth is, Rome did the same thing eventually. It It took all the silver out of the Roman silver coin. And it uh, took it out of the gold coin, and it used uh, circulating paper, and the paper had no value. Now, most of that paper never survived, but uh, some of the iron coins have survived, not very many of them. But it used to cost 200,000 Roman denarii in iron coin to buy modius of wheat, while it only took six denarii in silver coin. Um, But anyway... The important thing is that you create a community. Why did communities go to issuing money that was not gold and silver? Why was it important to know that all the gold and silver was in the hands of Egyptian government, the pharaoh, who became the Egyptian government? He wasn't the Egyptian government. He was just a wealthy man before. Because you have to remember, the Bible clearly states that the Egyptians weren't under his authority. They were free men in Egypt. There were probably many men under his authority, but there were many men who were free, but after the famine, everybody was under his authority, and 20% of their labor, or the value of their labor, whether in coin or actual service, had to go to the government. And that's called the corvée system of statutory labor. It is tribute. The 20% you have to pay in is tribute. And you usually have to pay it because you've been lawful or because what should have been for your welfare has become a snare, which the Bible talks about in great detail. And, of course, that's where everybody is in every country today because nobody's been listening to the gospel of the kingdom, and they haven't been doing it in swathful in the ways of Christ. They've said they've accepted Jesus, but they haven't really accepted Jesus. So, anyway... um, one of the things, you know, I, I promise people to have a little bit of solution in all these talks where I tear everybody down and kick everybody in the rear and <laughs> smack everybody across the top of the head for all their foolishness. And I also talk about solutions. Well, there are all kinds of coins you could have out there. And if you make any kind of coin that looks like a U.S. coin and stamp or a U.S. deal, that, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Uh, you don't want to be creating, you know... Uh, anything like that, so paper-wise or silver-wise. You don't want to be creating money where the value is somewhere else. You want to have the value in the object itself. Now, it still doesn't give you ownership of the object if you're a citizen of the United States, because you're a capital, you're, you're a member of that system. And therefore, anything that you own, they have own a piece of, which is why the kingdom is set up in the way that it is. And I sent something to our local uh, contact ministers and ministers of record uh, and been working on it with Mark Benucci a little bit uh, that explains a little bit how the government of God works and how it works to set you free. Uh, it's actually all contained in the Free Church Report and other documents, but we're honing it constantly so that it becomes clearer and clearer to you. But there's the term foreign coins. So you could actually have foreign coins now you might want to avoid the uh, the name coin but in all intents and purposes it would be a foreign coin it would be something that would be stamped uh, with uh, the signature of his uh, people and the church really shouldn't be in the coinage business it should be private individuals being in the coinage business and creating the money of a private society but that those private individuals and create those coins uh, need to be really private and not public individuals, not members are, are holding an office in a public society, but private individuals. And and I hardly I know a lot of guys that think they're private individuals, but uh, most of them really aren't. Uh, they're just uh, kind of escaping from the system or hiding somewhere from uh, you know in the cracks of the system. Uh, and in many cases they're more like parasites because they neither contribute (laughs) to the system that they're actually still a part of nor do they they contribute to the kingdom. And and again, that's the lukewarm that God uh, vomits forth from his mouth. That's the uh, foolish virgins who Jesus will not open up the door for, (laughs) you know, Jesus. Uh, And uh, it is the uh, unfruitful servant who uh, is... uh, cast into uh, prison or uh, has everything taken away from him. and we need to not be that we need to be the servants of Christ and, in order to in the way how do we serve Christ not by going out and saying oh if you accept Jesus you, in your heart as your personal savior you're automatically saved and then everybody gets really excited and emotional and, and everything no you actually have to be telling people what Jesus was really doing what he was really talking about how he was doing it, how the early church was operating, and give the people the opportunity to do as churches. And we need to repent of that. Um, so, anyway, I'm looking back here at the chat room, and I don't see anybody saying, Gregory, what about this? <laughs> was there any other questions that popped up? I see a lot of activity going on in there.
4: There was one. Um he wanted to know about a comment from you on First Peter chapter 2, verse 13. I sent him to a Higher Liberty link, but you can comment on it if you feel so moved.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, it was First uh, Peter... 2.13. Okay. Yeah. Submit
4: yourselves to every ordinance. Yeah, the
0: one one part that i point out in there is that one of the words that are in that particular verse is not translated and you know that always makes me suspicious when the translators don't bother putting a word in that's there clearly there in the original language uh that we have and why they did that um is uh, you'll have to ask them. Of course, they're all dead, so uh, it's hard to ask them. But uh, uh, anyway, it's the word therefore, and and that's what we go into in the article in Higher Liberty is that the word uh, therefore is going to focus your attention on what was said before uh, that. Um, I went to try to look it up, and I, I pushed the wrong button here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I, that I think that will answer. And, and what I guess you sent them to the actual link. You, that's the thing. If, if the different contact ministers and ministers of record will get familiar with the, the material that's on the outline page in uh, HisHolyChurch.org/slash-outline, uh, you will have lots of little articles lots of this, higher liberty is a great one for that lots of little short articles that if people ask a question there's a detailed study that answers these questions uh, Titus and and I'd like to expand you know the whole thing and start bringing all these biblical quotes into context but it all takes time and uh, you know I only have so much time here and uh, and uh, we're not very well supported so we have to go out and work too because uh, he who does not provide for his family is worse than a heathen uh, and I actually just heard my wife bringing in firewood because I didn't bring it in this morning because I was busy getting ready for this radio <laughs> but uh, we do so anyway
4: uh, we do appreciate it asked on the air though because that gives Say a, again? we do appreciate the questions being asked here oh
0: absolutely and uh Here I'm sitting here uh, flicking around uh, at some other things that I was looking at. I do multitask all the time here, uh, but uh, uh, the reality is is that there's a wealth of information there. And what I'm saying is, by becoming familiar with those those materials, uh, they're there to be used as tools for ministers and for the people in each congregation. We have to remember that if we're all ministers, we all have to do the study and the work. And what we tried to do is lay out this material and this information and show you what you're not being shown in all the other uh, churches. And if you go into 1 Peter 2, uh, is it 2.11? It I was just looking there. Uh, uh, 2.13, it says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the lord's sake whether it be to the king as supreme well which king remember these are the apostles that were saying there is another king so the question is who's your king and it goes back to that original question is that uh, you know a servant of Yahweh does he still have to pay taxes well it depends i mean are you still a servant of the king of the earth or have you become a servant of christ if you become a servant of christ you can't you can't own anything you have to give up everything you own. That's what Jesus said. All your property. He actually uses the word property. Look up uh Vile Poverty on our website. In order to be a minister of Christ and come out of the system, you can't own anything in your own name. You have to be a part of an order, a part of a congregation of ministers, and own all things in common. That's what Christ said. And believe it or not, that's what Moses said for the ministers of his government. Now those ministers are titular; they they can't kick in your door and force you to contribute. They can't send you a tax bill and say, "Hey, you owe me, you know, ten thousand dollars, and you have to pay me because that's ten percent of what you made. You have to pay me because I'm the government. Of God, he can't do that. He can't fine you another thousand dollars if you don't get it in on time." He can't do that. He's a titular leader. But he's going to provide you with government services. He's going to show you where all the other congregations of record are. But my problem is, where are those congregations of record? They fill out a little paper. I've had dozens of people fill out the paperwork for a congregation of record and then never did anything. I've had contact ministers who say, yeah, I'll be a contact minister. And for months and months and months, they never do anything. They don't contact anybody. They don't contact the rest of the contact ministers. They even Some of them want to be contact ministers, but they don't want to be on the contact minister's email group. They're still on the net. They're still using email, but they don't want to be on that group. And they use excuses like, oh, Well, it's a Google group. Well, who cares if it's a Google group? If you're on the net, nothing's private. I can guarantee you that. So... <laughs> The idea is that you have to be, if you want to be God's minister, you have to do it according to God's plan. And God, I see Christ doing exactly what Moses was doing. And so I think that's God's plan. i got two witnesses, Moses and Jesus. And the fact is, I believe it's exactly what Abraham was doing. So now I've got Moses and Jesus and Abraham doing the same thing. So that's why I wrote these books, to show you what they were doing. Now, whether you would do it or not, that's going to be up to you guys. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, obtain the fleshy lust which war against the soul. Boy, we could go into that sentence alone for hours and hours, and I probably will in the book, Pilgrims and Strangers. Having your conversation honest amongst the Gentiles. Have you given an appearance of being a taxpayer payer at one time? Have you sacrificed on their altars? Did you get posthumously to leave their altars? Conversation, anastrophe in, the, in the, the manner of life. as your manner of life, have you just opted out of that system or do they see that you're in another system? That was the argument made by most of the uh, uh, Israelites, or, or the early Christians, made by them, that we have a God we serve. This is how we do it. And we'll talk about exactly what they did in the first century church when their money was failing, and there were price controls issued by the government, and there was mandatory... Paying in to the systems of charity that they call charity in the Roman system. What did they do?
3: fight the fight we are here to equip you because you love the truth dot com. the program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you the listener on this first amendment rights media channel you will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network there's a good reason for that If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening.
2: Now listen to me the Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Yeah. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church. The whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth Will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you?
3: Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now
2: listen to me.
0: Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I was talking to you about uh, what the early church was doing, and I I use Justin, uh, who was an apologist, who wrote about the early church between 148 and 155 A.D., which is, we're talking early church. That's before the corruption of Constantine started coming in with men like Ambrose and and that. And, uh, He tells what they did in their church meetings on a regular basis, and and basically you can find that in an article, uh, The Mystery of the Eucharist, which is the mystery of Thanksgiving, uh, which is coming up here. We should do our Thanksgiving show (laughs) on the Eucharist, because that's what Eucharist means is Thanksgiving. Uh, But basically they're pointing out that those that had shared with those that didn't have, and he's writing the emperor of Rome which was Antonius Pius at that time. It was shortly before Marcus Aurelius, and actually was a, one of the tutors of Marcus Aurelius. And uh, so his what Antonius thought was very important in understanding what Marcus did, and Marcus was the one who persecuted Christians probably officially more than any other emperor, even though he was a great guy, wonderful guy. <laughs> but those that had shared with those that didn't have, and he was telling them that, Because he's saying, this is why we don't participate in your welfare temples. This is why we don't register our children at the Temple of Saturn, which was their Bureau of Vital Statistics, which eventually uh, Marcus Aurelius commanded by statute that everybody in the empire register, whether you wanted to or not, because they needed these people registered in order to collect taxes from them in order to provide the welfare. Because there were all kinds of people that were dumping their employees out on the the streets, and uh, the streets were running rampant with uh, orphans everywhere. Because marriages were not sticking together, and it almost been a total cessation of marriage. Nobody, everybody was sleeping with everybody else, and people were having two, three wives, and uh, you know, not at the same time necessarily, because uh, they can't afford them. But they would have one and dump her, and have another one and dump her. I just heard somebody we know uh, that one of their, I guess, nephews is is planning on conspiring to dump his present wife, and I actually saw the pictures of him, and uh, so I it's like a lovely lady, and I think it's his third wife, because he's found another woman online that he thinks is going to serve his needs better, <laughs> and she doesn't know she's about to get dumped. Uh, but this is the kind of things that are going on in America because we have followed the ways of Rome. And so if you want the solution, you need to start forming a society that actually cares about each other. And that's going to mean you need families that care about one another. And they there is no divorce amongst you because you work it out. And that's going to take a group of people working it out and sticking together. But as long as society says, oh, yeah, just divorce them, then go over here and divorce them, and then you can collect welfare over here, then where are you going? What does, I I saw that in the, the room that they wanted to know 13 to 15, and so let's read that. It said, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Uh, whether it is to the king as supreme. Now, why would he say that? He's saying, submit yourself to, therefore submit yourself to, is really what it says, uh, because of the fact that many of the uh, Christians didn't think they had to obey any of those ordinances because they knew they were a part of another government. And that's very important to understand, that they believed that they were a part of another government. And they were were a part of another government. And in uh, 14 it says, "...or unto governors..." So there under governors, not just the king, "...as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. As for... Excuse me. As uh, for <laughs> poor or so is the will of God that will uh that with well doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So what was happening at that time it's already and this is before uh men like Justin, they were accused of not you know, just not being taxpayers, not being protesters, being rebels. And so they said, no, go ahead and submit yourself to these ordinances. didn't mean that you had to pay taxes to everybody because they were, if you received the baptism of Jesus Christ, you were cast out of the social welfare of the Pharisees. But Christ created a social welfare system. It was the Corbin of Jesus Christ. Where ten families got together and they took care of the needy amongst themselves by free will offerings within that congregation to a minister who had given up everything to be the minister of Jesus Christ. And he received those contributions and cared for the needy in his society. And when a congregation fell on hard times where it could not even do that, <clears throat> it reached out to the rest of the congregations in other areas through a network called the church and they provided for each other and when there wasn't enough work in one area there was people in other areas that said well come here and we'll give you work and you can send money back home and help them out I mean how, how often did that happen during the depression before social welfare you know I could name you relatives that I knew that went away to work other places where there was work to make money to send back home so that they could get through and sometimes buddies went together to do this and families work together. This is the kingdom. That is kingdom stuff. We don't do that anymore. We don't even run out in the streets when somebody's being raped. Where is well-doing? We don't go to courtrooms when people are being raped in the courtrooms. There are people I know that are being abused by courts right now, and every church in that community should go down to that courthouse and say, what is going on here? Why are you abusing this good man, this good family? Why are you doing that? And I can tell you the judges would shape up, but if you just go to church and think that you're tending to the weightier matters by sitting in a pew listening to a guy puke these false doctrines that aren't even of Jesus Christ, don't tell me you're saved. You're not bearing fruit. Your society should be coming freer and freer and freer. And it would be. It should be coming wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. But it is not. It's becoming poorer and poorer and poorer and less free and less free and less free because you aren't being real Christians. Because Christians, the Christian community is composed of doers that put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Because they actually come together seeking the kingdom as much for their neighbor as they are for themselves. Why aren't we on national radio? Why aren't we on radio stations going out to millions and millions of people? Why aren't we getting this message out? It's because people are not actually striving for the kingdom. They're striving for themselves. They're not actually contributing to the message of the gospel. And and we have to turn around. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. But as servants of God, what is more malicious than not spreading the gospel of the kingdom to the whole world? By doing nothing, you commit an act of maliciousness. The world is being raped in the streets as we speak. And we are doing nothing. We are not going on national radio. We are not going on bigger and bigger radio broadcasts to find those souls, to bring them together into congregations of record so that you can actually, through a network of people, help each other out. You should be going to your congregation for your unemployment, for your loans, for your for your health aid, your, your food stamps. <laughs> you should be going to church for those things. And living by the perfect law of liberty. But we're not. we got a few guys out there running around saying, I'm free, I don't have to pay taxes anymore. Foolish virgins. Ninety percent of them, foolish virgins. And the door is going to be slammed in their face and they're going to bang on the door and Christ isn't even going to open it up. I don't even hear them guys. God said that. I'm not going to hear them when they cry. It's bad enough you go into the systems of iniquity but then just come out and do Nothing. That's Luke 1. That's neither here nor there. That's puke. Boy, if this isn't a rough message today. <laughs> but you need to hear this, folks. You need to hear this. You need to turn around. You need to become honorable men. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. I don't talk disrespectful of the king. I, I pity poor poor Obama. Poor guy has been tempted by the most lawful nation in the world to become a man of power. Saul couldn't even withstand that. He became corrupted by such sloth. Servants, be subject to your masters. I don't know who your master is. Don't tell me that you just all of a sudden made yourself free. You just pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and made yourself free. I understand your desire to not want to be a part of Egypt. Tell me about your desire to be a part of the kingdom. Why aren't all these people on the network picking men to keep them in contact with each other? Why aren't these men? Why, are we, why do we have so many women PCMs? I think they're great. But well, where are the men? <laughs> you men should be leading the way. Every single person on the network should be looking for PCMs, personal contact ministers, that will help connect them with more and more people. They should be contributing to the effort of trying to find those people who will actually work as hard for their neighbor's liberty as for themselves. Are we doing that? Are we doing what we should be doing? I noticed uh, that there's uh, the word here, for this is thankworthy. The word there is cherish. This is grace. This is favor. And they, they translate it thankworthy in the King James. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God's endure grief, suffering wrongfully, that's, you. When you're abused and you suffer for the conscience towards God, what's the conscience? Because you would not accept the benefits of the world, because you wanted to provide the benefits for your neighbor, sacrificing in charis, charity, in grace. We need to do that so that we will put the silence these claims that we're just tax protesters. We're not just tax protesters. If you owe the tax, pay the tax. Read the Free Church Report and find out why a minister doesn't owe the tax. And start being that minister before you stop paying the tax. Start giving up your life so that you may have life more abundant in the everlasting kingdom of God. So I went on a little bit farther than 15. For what glory... Uh, For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faith, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently? This is acceptable with God. If you do well, what is doing well? Is it taking care of your neighbor's? Why aren't we the social security system of the church? Why isn't it that we complain about the churches out there being incorporated? We should be complaining about the churches out there not taking care of the needy of their society. You know, when they talk about Gentiles, whenever you see the word... Well, I shouldn't say whenever you see the word Gentile, but when you see the word uh, Gentile in many of these... uh, I was going to go back here and look and see uh, what word they used in here, and I'm not finding it uh, right offhand. But anyway, it usually means, it's from the word ethnos, which means other nation. And when the apostles are talking about the Gentiles, they're talking about other nations. Why? Because Christianity was a nation. Remember, Jesus was the king of a government in Judea. Anyone who became a citizen of the government of Judea through the church was that's where they paid their taxes. They had opted out of the system of the Pharisees, and the Pharisees said we had no king but Caesar, so now anyone who was a Christian, they had no king but Jesus Christ. And therefore they could do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, and it wasn't breaking the law. But they said, now when you're in these other nations, don't disrespect their law. But they that doesn't mean you have to give them a persona jurisdiction over you. But don't tell me you just simply wiped away that persona jurisdiction because you went out to serve Yahweh if you are not taking care of the needy of your society, if you're not building your society, if you're not gathering together with others who care as much about their neighbor as they do themselves. I mean, I, I seem like I'm somewhat redundant here, but you see how important this is? You're not the kingdom because you left the world. You're the kingdom because you're doing the will of the Father. So are you doing the will of the Father? There's a question for you. So we're in our last half hour here. We do have another program coming up at 3 o'clock on another station, and you can find out about that on the Living Network at org. And uh, was there any other questions? I see there's been some activity, but I wasn't looking at that page, Paul.
4: Um, yeah, there was one other question. Let's see if I can find. Oh, Brother Gregory, how does one go about giving up one's possessions, and to whom should it be given?
0: Well, you could you could see uh, uh, Barnabas when he was who was a Levite who had all kinds of possessions which a Levite should not have in his own name, but the Hasmoneans said that's okay, and so they did, and so he wanted to become a part of the church, which was the kingdom of God, which was Israel which was Judea, because Jesus was the king of Judea by Roman proclamation. So he wanted to become a minister of that government. And he took all his property and he sold it, and he laid it at the foot of the apostles, and then he started working for it. And I thought that was interesting because he became this Barnabas. And the first time they have a large sum of money that has to go to help out with aid in another part of the world where the citizens of the kingdom lived, Uh, who they gave the money to they gave it to Barnabas they knew he wasn't a greedy guy they knew he was trustworthy Uh, you could just give the money all the way to the poor but we're serving the poor but most of the poor today are those who don't know the ways of the kingdom so if you entered a religious order with another group of men that you trusted give it all to them and and then start serving the kingdom but I wouldn't do that casually. I would get to know them and <laughs> then do it. Uh, God doesn't want you to become a pauper and go around and become a burden to everybody else. The church owned all kinds of property, but it, the church owned property in common. The congregations were free. They would return to every man to his possession. So now if you paid property tax in Judea and you were a citizen Having your citizenship with the apostles and the government of God, you paid that property tax to them. They were the government. But if you couldn't afford to pay the property tax, okay, no big deal. Paid in full, whatever you could pay. Pay a penny, paid in full. You taxed yourselves in the kingdom of God. This is what made them peculiar. Not the fact that they sung funny songs in their churches. It's the fact that they were actually running a government. When there were dursts in the land, they took care of one another, those that had shared with those that didn't have. That's the kingdom of God. It's not by force. It's by free will offering. Because as far as we're concerned, you owned everything. Now, Jesus was able to do that there. You're not in Judea now. And this is where the problem came when people in other countries started saying, well, now I want to be a part of this system. They couldn't necessarily get out of property tax because the property was held in collateral for debt. They only had a legal title to it. Now, there is a way to eventually get to that, but I ain't even going to tell anybody until they start taking care of one another in congregations of record and start connecting those congregations of record with other congregations because they care about not only themselves, right there but everywhere else because that's kingdom thinking it's not congregationalism there is congregationalism within the kingdom but the kingdom is kingdom you care about people in Florida and North Carolina and South Carolina as well as you care about people in Oregon and if they need help there you're willing to go there and help them but we're not sure you're in the kingdom <laughs> I forgot what the question was did I get the question
4: <laughs> what yeah, was that question I'm, again good timing he says thank you again for your excellent answer
1: Okay. It on <laughs> whatever there.
0: the question was I lost it <laughs> so, okay. uh, oh yeah I see that uh, so I noticed a lot of people uh, I, when I'm looking at the names I recognize who some of these code words are I don't know where everybody is here but uh, it's all the same guys
4: <laughs> well, it's good. there's some you don't recognize that means there's some new guys
0: yeah there may be or maybe they're just using a code name I don't recognize <laughs> uh, the fact is we're going to have to stimulate these networks and get somebody working on this and coming to these talk shoes and these gatherings with uh, more enthusiasm uh, because you know, I hear from people we don't need ministers we're all ministers well, we do need ministers, and you—you yeah, are all ministers. And I want to see all kinds of names on this chat room that I don't see very often. If you haven't typed anything on the chat room, you just been sitting there listening. Let's hear from you. <laughs> Sign in. You only got uh, six minutes left of the program. Probably it'll be cut off a little bit before that with the in, uh, end of the program. But let's That's get fun. everybody involved. I see lots of red dots on the map that circulates down below.
4: <laughs> Let's give up the number quick. 414-395-2442. 395 2442 Get your question in before we're done.
0: Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, start... Uh, I don't know. Who was it who asked about uh, donating to congregations? Do you remember who that was? Or was that somebody I knew? You don't have to repeat it, but I guess it was on the the board there. But you know, what, what congregation are they near? Uh, there's so much that we could do and be doing. We're not ready to take care of all the needy within the group. We've got people, uh, we've seen that just recently for those of you who are paying attention where somebody is very ill and needed help and somebody who was taking care of them needed help with the lifting and we add volunteers. Uh, we need to have that network so it's efficient. So that we can get people without somebody driving all the way across the United States to help. We need to be doing that uh, so that we can efficiently help people so that we're not wearing out a few souls because the laborers are few. Well, that's one of the prayers. The prayer, Pray that there are more laborers. We, not, we need to get better contact ministers and more of them on every single group. I wrote South Carolina or the Carolina group, which includes South and North Carolina and Florida. We had people who volunteered, but I don't see them. We had people who volunteered in Colorado. And but they're not they they didn't show up. They didn't show up to do the job. Christ was adamant about those people who don't show up. We have to find those who are willing to show up and if you if you tell me you're going to show up, you better show up. Cuz I won't hold you up as a part of the network if I can't if I don't see you as reliable in being there, when we need people to be there. So I see a Scott just popped up, uh, and uh, Semper Fi, uh joined up. Uh, so uh, I think that guy, is that guy in Colorado? Semper Fi, are you in Colorado? <laughs> <That's a question.
4: laughs> I don't recognize 42 Semper Fi, so let us know.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, David Ray, I thought David Ray was already on there. Was there another David Ray?
4: Yeah, I think he's he's probably uh, got cut off or something.
0: Oh, okay. He came back. Okay. And so, anyway, welcome these guys. Let's hear more from you. Let's hear some questions. Let's hear some feedback. Uh, I see Claude. I think Claude's, is that the Claude in New Hampshire or Virginia? Not, uh, Vermont?
4: VT, Vermont.
0: Oh, I see. That is for Vermont, okay now he's up where the lady just he's not too far from New Hampshire, and uh Diane uh may need some help there, although I know who she's with uh helping Richie so anyway uh, uh that's how we start helping one another uh could you elaborate more on first Peter's uh subject, you know, Bain, uh subject obeying uh in relationship to Romans 13, well we got 60 seconds, uh, to do that. <laughs> uh, Higher Liberty, total book, Romans 13. Let every man remain subject to the higher liberty because there is no liberty but of God and anyone who opposes liberty opposes God. So that's what it says. Uh, check that out at org. Uh, yep. catch us
1: this,
0: this, uh, afternoon, uh, on the Three of Island. Simplify.
4: You can scroll up. You'll see a link to which.
0: Okay. God bless.
1: You. you have been listening to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.